Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night and Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today is a guy that's a secret pile of scorpions. It's Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? It's not so secret. Well, not anymore. Now that I ruined your secret. Yep. I've always been a pile of scorpions. You know, that's why we're friends. I looked at you at school and I was like, that kid's a secret pile of scorpions. I need to befriend him before he gets me. So how are you doing this week, Brandon? I'm doing great. No, no, I'm doing uh, good. I was going to say, sure. <laughs> that didn't sound right as I said it. That's a bold statement, Brandon. I'm doing okay. That's good no, to hear. No, I'm doing terrible. All right. Well, what happened, Brandon? Did you do anything interesting this weekend? I'm not going to say cool because, you know, your life just... Nothing's cool. Well, in my continuing adventures to kind of explore things five years after they've gone out of fashion. Oh, definitely. I've, uh, I've gotten way into playing Pokemon Go. Nice. <laughs> Just started it. Welcome to Just the Just started revolution. Pokemon Go. Have you guys heard of this one yet? Yes, it's 2016 all over again. Nice. Heard this song called the Macarena. Have you seen this one? It's oh got my a gosh. funky dance. No, but yeah, I've been playing a shitload of Pokemon Go. Are you enjoying it? I think so. God damn it. Now I gotta download it. I've got lots of Pokemon. And I walk around, oh, and I walk. spin Pokestops. Okay, I, I I think everybody's going to want to know, though. Have you accidentally walked into any spider webs since you've been playing Pokemon Go? I mean, I was going to do that whether I was playing Pokemon <laughs> Go or not. So, yes. Okay. Well, that's cool, Brandon. I will download it, and we can be friends on it, I guess. Unless it's got, like, you know, region locking or something. It does not. Kim wants to know, she's seen this video or something about a bunch of mice somewhere in New South Wales. Is that a thing? Like, what's going on down there? Are you guys getting the plague? Um, well, I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, so, I didn't think a you a bunch were. of mice in New South Wales. Uh, yeah, there's mice here, probably. Okay, never mind. I seen the video. It was just like a field of <laughs> mice happened? scampering around. It was kind of weird. Like, like a whole herd of them? Yeah, like, literally, like, the plague. Like, Well, I've got to see this video now. I don't, it, it was like, yeah, this is happening in, in New South Wales. And I was like, oh, I wonder if Brandon's been eaten by mice. <laughs> is it a like very recent video? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, there's been a crazy amount of rain here and a crazy oh. amount of flooding. I think that might've been what it was. I didn't quite read everything, but I think it did say something about rain. Yeah. It's like raining right now and it's been raining nonstop for days and days and days well shit you're not gonna be able to walk around you gotta have a plastic bag on your hands while you're playing pokemon go hey nothing's gonna stop me from catching <laughs> catching them badoofs. <laughs> badoofs well that's cool brandon like i said i'll download it i'll play with you guys. what team are you on though are you blue or red or whatever blue i'm red green, i don't know the names i'm okay. red team all right well red team i was yellow when i first played so you son of a bitch Oh, man, Brandon, I got a story for you this week. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. Okay, so I got a new job a while ago. I work in office, right? And there's not yeah. that many people because, like, restrictions and stuff are still in place. But there's there's Good. some of us there. And, you know, I like to pass my time by watching Twitch. I got Bluetooth headphones. I put Twitch on. I, I set it aside, and I, I do my work, and I watch people play video games, right? Sure. So there's this game that I was uh, – that I watched – a guy play that I like. He plays Dead by Daylight, which is a game, if you haven't heard of it, uh, it's like a four-person versus one person. One person's a killer. You can be, like, uh, Ghostface and, and Freddy Krueger and, and stuff like that. And the killer's got to go in and kill these people, and they, they knock them down, and they put them on meat hooks, and um, they win, right? Yeah. Is it? So, does it always end with meat hooks? It's all meat hooks. <laughs> I mean, you, the survivors can the escape, but, yeah. Ugh. The main way to That's kill like, people is meat hooks. Uh, that's like the worst way to die. I know, right? So the funny thing about this game is that like there's no voice acting. So everything is just like the survivors like screaming and like vomiting and just like making uh ow ooh, you know noises and stuff. It's mm -hmm. great. So, I'm sitting at work and um this guy's playing Dead by Daylight and I'm doing my job or whatever. He gets put on a, his his character. He's playing a girl. His character gets put on a meat hook, and when they get put on a meat hook, they scream really loud. And, As you would, and yeah, 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 right. Well, it was so funny. My Bluetooth um desynced just as he was getting put on the hook. So. My Bluetooth was disconnected, and this loud-ass scream just emanates through the building because <laughs> it's like quiet in there, and there's just this girl like. Ah! 
<laughs> getting put on a meat hook. And the people around me had no idea what was going on. And they all stand up and they're like, oh, is there, are you, everybody okay? What's going on? Oh my God. <laughs> I'm just like, what was that? <laughs> oh, that oh. They haven't set up a, on, in the next building over that day. Uh, there were old people there getting COVID shots. And one of the girls stood up and she's like, what if one of the old people fell down outside? <laughs> <laughs> oh, god. oh my god it was incredible <laughs> so what happened then did you did you end up saying anything well i got my phone to shut off because twitch is really hard to get to shut off when you want it to because you have to like minimize it and then you have to swipe it and stuff and i got it and i um i just acted like i didn't know what was going on <laughs> <laughs> and everybody just kind of let it go wow that is amazing. Oh, so that that was the highlight of my week, Brandon. <sighs> wow. I know. So anyway, are you ready to talk about Are You Afraid of the Dark? Do we have to? Yeah, we got to get through the rest of the sprint. We okay. can do it. We can yeah. do it. Yes, let's do it. All right. So Brandon and I just got done watching uh, the second part of the Carnival of Doom called Opening Night. What do you think of this episode, Brandon? This is your first time watching it. Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, I was kind of excited going into it because, well, I left off on a cliffhanger like years ago. Mm, yeah. So it was just like, man, the Adam kid's just gone. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, <laughs> uh, a lot more happened in this episode, but I think I enjoyed it less than the first one. Yeah. You mean you weren't sufficiently spooked? I wasn't spooked. Um, I don't know. This carnival carnival's just not doing it for me really i know what you mean and i guess i just liked that they told the story in the first one i probably just got to get over that that they're not telling stories by the campfire unless this whole thing ends up being a story if that's Ah, if that's the ending of this i'm gonna be mad but (laughs) but uh i know what you mean i thought it was i thought it was okay like it wasn't it's not that bad but it's not it's not bad none of it's bad i think I think the writing is just a little bit off again. The characters kind of suck this episode, Brandon. Yeah, I'm going to say there were quite a few scenes where I was just like, oh my god, this is terrible. Just like the dialogue, oh, it hits my ear so wrong. That's just like a theme for this season, I think. And I'm hoping that Curse of the Shadows fixes that because I don't, I can't do it. Can only hope. You ready to just talk about it? Let's just get, let's just do it. Yeah, let's get started. Well, part two starts up right where part one ended. All the kids are looking at the Carnival of Doom handout. Uh, Let me first start up. Okay, let me warp back to the beginning here. They do the quickest, like, 20-second recap of the last 45 minutes of this episode. Like, Silver Sight was like, they let you know what was going on. This one is just like, oh, we're the Midnight Society. It's a carnival! (laughs) Oh, by the way, this kid's missing... (laughs) It's a, it's succinct. It was very funny to me that they they mashed forty five minutes of show into like ten seconds or something. Yeah, I was whereas like, Silver wow. Sight took twenty minutes of an episode and stretched it out <laughs> into twenty more minutes. Freak out. Yeah, this one is just like done. Like it, it made me feel like the last forty five minutes were worthless of my time. <laughs> you could have just watched this. And on a positive note, the recap didn't include... Is that a question? Oh, no. Brandon, why did you have to say that? It's already better than the episode itself. God, that line. That line. Fucking hate that line. All right. Part two starts up right where part one ended. All the kids are looking at the Carnival of Doom handout. Graham's saying, I am sufficiently spooked. Which was a very cringe line to me. God damn it. He has a lot of lines like that in this episode. You know what? I appreciate the consistency, at least. You know? I guess. He's got a very quirky way of talking. We cut over to Rachel opening up her locker, and there's already a note in there that's sealed in wax. I'm not sure exactly how they did that so fast, but she opens it up, and it says, Emergency meeting after school. You know where. Signed, I'm not exactly sure why they did that. Yeah. It made sense when it was an anonymous thing, like, you don't know who we are, you can't know who we are. But she's in the club, she knows who they are, and they all have cell phones. (laughs) <laughs> they do um they also said like we don't talk about this shit at school but then later on they just literally just talk about it at school and i don't i don't know 
I don't get it. That's all they talk about because it's all they have in common. (laughs) (laughs) We warp outside and we get an aerial shot of the town where a train honks and then it flies by on some tracks. We cut to the woods where Rachel makes her way to the meeting spot where we hear Graham say that he's never seen this place in the daytime before. And Akiko thinks it looks less spooky. And then Gavin notices Rachel. Imagine that. And and he silences the gang. Akiko, Graham, and Louise are all sitting at their stumps and and Louise tells Rachel to take a seat. And she attempts to explain herself, but Akiko interrupts, telling her to explain herself. And Graham adds in, yeah, what's going on? And right away, like, this scene, they're being really mean to her already. Yeah, they are. And I don't really understand why, because, like we discussed in the last episode, from their perspective, this would just be like, huh, that's a funny prank, Rachel. Right. You got us. Like, they don't, nobody has any interaction with Adam at all, except for Rachel. So, like, him being missing is, like, not even their concern. She made flyers. Like, they're mad because she made flyers? From the information they have, it is quite a few steps to jump to be like, I've got this flyer. The story's real. <laughs> like, Rachel is understandably freaked out because this is all, you know, a dream that came yeah. real. But there's just some kids who heard a story around a campfire. Just It doesn't make any sense to me. and it's, it's really off-putting because at this point, like, all of the Midnight Society members are mean to Rachel. They're not, like, you know, trying to understand anything. They're just mean to her. <laughs> it's very stupid. Well, Rachel agrees that none of it makes sense to her either since she made up the story. And she says that she has nightmares about a creepy carnival and she turned those nightmares into a story. And that's it. Luis looks at her saying, and now the creepy carnival is real. And Rachel sits down slowly saying, maybe it's not the same carnival. Mr. Top has on the flyer. And Graham pulls out the flyer saying, it's literally called the Carnival of Doom. Rachel's all, maybe it's a coincidence. Gavin tells them that he went there before the meeting to check it out. And we cut to Gavin riding his bike up to the carnival spot. And he's seeing all the workers working and stuff. And then we work back to Gavin at the meeting spot. And he says, it's just like I imagined it. The kids all then say that they googled the Carnival of Doom, but it had no social media presence, not even a Wikipedia page. Gavin suggests that they look in places more physical, and Ikiko asks if he's suggesting they check out old newspapers and go to the library, to which he says, yeah. And we cut to Ikiko in a library blowing off the dust of a book, and then back to the meeting where she says that she already did that. It was. Again, following that logic from earlier, she gets a... A flyer for a carnival that she yeah. heard a story about mm-hmm. and before even talking to rachel and being like good one rach she's like i gotta go to the library i gotta look up this carnival yes i it will it gets dusty worse old books she because then she looks through the microfilm or something yeah <laughs> like at least Jesus. at least gavin's kind of makes sense like I don't know how he had time to do it because, like, Rachel probably went from school to the meeting spot and he already biked a marathon and she already went to the fucking library all day. But, you know, like, him checking it out, like, maybe it was on the way, but her going to the library, I don't get it. Makes no fucking sense. Back at the meeting, she shrugs saying that there's nothing anywhere, okay? She spent the entire lunch period looking. That's Akiko. Rachel tells the gang that there's only one way they're going to find out if this is the same carnival from her story. We should go tomorrow night together. Graham gets all spooked, stuttering out an excuse. Akiko gets right to it, saying that she is not going to an evil carnival. Louise tells her, sounds fun, but hard pass. And Graham also doesn't want to go. I'm sorry, and Gavin also doesn't want to (laughs) go. Just gonna, if I mess up and I say Gavin or Graham's name differently, like, I'm sorry. Just roll with it. So Rachel breaks this shit down, saying there's something else that you need to consider. She doesn't even want to say it out loud because she hopes that she's wrong, but nearly all of her nightmares about Mr. Top Hat involve him taking kids, just like her story. If this carnival is the carnival from her nightmares, Adam went missing the same day the carnival came to town. She thinks Mr. Top Hat took him. The kids kind of look at each other and then Rachel stands up saying, now, am I still going alone or are you going to join me? The kids all look at her for a moment before saying no to her. Nope. No. The heart is now imaginable. Yeah, what you just said made it ten times worse. Rachel sits back down and Louis stands up declaring the meeting of the Midnight Society closed. I thought that part was pretty funny. Akiko runs off, followed by Gavin, as Rachel just looks sad for a while, and then we get the opening credits. You thought it was funny that they were like, no. Yeah, after her, like, rousing speech to motivate them, and then they're just like, fucking no. (laughs) It was, but like... 
I don't, it's not making me like these characters right now. No, they're not likable. But I think this episode did a lot better with humorous moments than it did with scares or especially extremely romantic subplots. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I will give it that as well. I had a good time with uh, their jokes. They hit a lot better than this one. Than, than the, what what blood coverage slide? And then they turned, even though that's the exact same thing as her, like, blowing the dust off the book. Those quick cut like that. Like I'm not a huge fan of those kind of quick cut things like that. When they work, they work really well. But when they don't work, it's just kind of like, okay. Yeah. Uh, another thing I have to mention here is Graham's shirt in this scene. It's a different it one from last episode. And I couldn't read what it said at first because he's wearing a jacket over it. Mm -hmm. And so they didn't really feature it prominently. But it's the same kind of shirt. Just a plain black shirt with plain white letters. And this one says Cronenberg for president. Cronenberg? Yes. I know that name. What does he direct? Uh, He directed The Fly. Oh, okay. Among lots of other things. But he's made some horror movies. So... Yeah, Cronenberg for president. We fucking get it, Graham. You like horror movies. Well, that's stupid. Let's continue. (laughs) (laughs) So we're with Rachel now, and she's walking back through the woods. She sighs a few times, and we hear Akiko shit talking her in the distance. Rachel hears that as she says that she thinks that they should have a vote at the next meeting. Louise tells her that they'll talk at school tomorrow. Even though Graham told Rachel that they don't talk about Midnight Society at school, but... Yeah, that was clearly a lie. Yeah, right. We warp to Rachel laying in her bed where she's brooding over the echoing voice of Akiko saying that she shouldn't be in the Midnight Society. She gets out of the fetal position and looks up at the ceiling with a dramatic gasp because Mr. Top Hat is defying gravity above her and he's on her ceiling and he shushes her and then does some hand movements or something and then throws a scorpion coin at her with a skull on the back. And she looks up and he's gone and she looks at the coin in her hands but that's gone too. And we watch her just kind of breathe a bit, and then a bell rings, and we cut over to school. Yep, that that happened. I remember it. Uh-huh. Next, Rachel's walking down the <laughs> hall, and she turns, and she looks at Akiko, telling Graham that she thinks that um, she should have a vote at the next meeting. And she runs into Gavin, who apologizes, and then says, hey, I knocked on your door. But Rachel tells him that she decided to walk by herself. And he says, oh. And she further explains that she's used to doing things alone. She walks away, and he just kind of awkwardly looks around for a few seconds before we cut to lunch, while Rachel is eating her salad alone. And she looks over at Gavin, Luis, and Akiko, who are all sitting together at a lunch table. And Akiko literally is sitting on top of the lunch table for some reason, with her shoes on. And then we cut over to Rachel making copies. Why are they so mad at Rachel? If anything, they should be excited. Like, they they don't care about Adam. Like, this is like, holy shit, she's you know hamming the story up she's making it awesome for us you know did they did they even consider the adam thing before rachel brought it up at the meeting no they didn't okay so their concern is just that she told a story and then a carnival's there right that's it i don't i don't see what the problem is like even if you believe she conjured it like this girl's magical why would you exclude her from your group does no one See the benefits of being able to conjure something from nothing? Okay, this is Dream Machine all over again. Just say a good story where something good happens and then make it happen. God. I mean, as far as they know, that's probably what that's what it is. So I just don't understand why they're mad at her. And you know what? I mean, Whenever will. If they actually cared about Adam, sure. But they don't. Exactly. Yeah. I think it would have been more interesting if Adam was a part of the Midnight Society at the beginning. You know, I wanted him to be because he's the only character I like so far. Another sweeping shot of the town. And then we cut over to a line of red missing papers and it has Adam's picture on it. And we see Rachel taping one up when she gets ambushed by Louise and Graham, followed by Gavin and Akiko behind her. And Louise kind of rudely says, when this is all over, we will have some issues to discuss. But someone and everyone Akiko looks at Gavin. rudely says is probably her stage direction in the script for every line she says, because Jesus, this girl is so fucking rude all the time. Who, Akiko or Louise? Akiko. Oh, yeah. Akiko's. I want to like Akiko, but she's kind of the worst of them all. Yeah, I hate Akiko. Everybody looks at Gavin and because they Gavin convinced them that they shouldn't let her go to the carnival alone. Huh. 
Why is that? <laughs> they said that they'll help him find they'll, they'll help her find Adam. Gavin then asks Rachel if he can help her put up some of the missing posters. So Graham says that he'll help too, followed by Louise and finally Akiko after everyone looks at her. And she says, studies show signs like these don't work, but sure, I'll tape some letters to the wall. And the gang Shut wonders the fuck up. where to go, and Rachel says, town square. Yeah, for real. Like, a child is missing. We cut to Gavin and Graham handing out the pictures. Rachel must have used up every fucking drop of ink in that goddamn printer because there is a never-ending line of these pictures behind the kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she shouldn't have used red paper because it's hard to see from far away. It is, right? I don't know what like, she's thinking. This is missing poster 101, Rachel. Graham tells a stupid story about how Adam was in Boy Scouts with him and he always got lost or something, so they told him to go home. And that crap story is all just an excuse saying maybe the carnival is normal and Adam is just wandering around the forest. Akiko wonders what they're supposed to do if it is a super evil carnival, and Louise suggests that they talk to her brother, to which she laughs saying that he'll never help them in a thousand years. And the kids stop by a wall that is perfectly uniform with missing Adam pictures because Gavin suggests someone else ask Akiko's brother for help. And then they all look at Graham. We cut over to Akiko's brother getting an unknown phone call. And he answers it and then we cut over to Graham saying, Hi, this is Jonathan Townsend, the third speaking. And he morphs into a crappy Scottish accent for some reason saying that he's calling about a hot tip on a crime. And he's stuttering that he's not a child and so dumb. It's silly. Akiko's brother asks what he's referring, re- what he's referencing. And Graham says, uh, if you're, if you're looking for a missing, I can't do a Scottish accent. If you're looking for a missing child, <laughs> I think you should go to the opening night of the carnival. You might find some clues. He asks why he thinks there's a connection between the two. And Graham says, uh, I, I don't know. J- just go to the carnival. Bye. <laughs> Which that got me. I, I laughed at that, even though it was kind of a. A bad line delivery. I didn't mind the scene. You didn't mind I it? Thought it was, I thought it was decently funny. I didn't like the Scottish accent. I thought it was so stupid. No, it's a bad Scottish accent. I mean, I guess that's the point, though, isn't it? Yeah. Akiko rolls her eyes and Graham says that that went really well. Akiko says, no, it didn't. And Luis suggests that they all go home and meet at the carnival at 730. And they all kind of just shrug and leave. But the cameraman stays and we zoom in on a picture of, of the missing Adam which the ink just drips off of, and then all of them drip off, and we're left with blank red pieces of paper. We zip over to Rachel. She's coloring at home. She's really using up hey, all that black Hey, what's she coloring? Marker. Well, we uh, we look and see that she's drawing this incredibly awesome picture of Mr. Toppat. It's like comic book quality. Oh, really good. That guy again. She loves him. Her desk lamp starts to Girl's buzz. got a... Oh my god. She's in her Mr. Toppat era. Rachel is a talented artist. I wish she Dude. would just do something else. Anything else. Yeah, but that picture of Mr. Toppet, I mean, obviously she didn't do it, but like, it's so good looking. I loved yeah. it. It's the coloring, really the, just the our detail. It was amazing. It Stop was cooler than the actual Mr. Toppet, Rachel. I think what they're trying to tell us is that she just kind of subconsciously does it. I think she actually is crazy. Oh, right. Okay, so the next part of the scene is that um, the light buzzes, which is, you know, the universal ghost sound and stuff. So she taps on it a few times and it stops. And she looks down at her picture and writes, am I crazy? Mm -hmm, She puts the mm -hmm. pen down and sighs as the light buzzes some more. And she looks down and sees that her pencil is jiggling all over the place. It stands up on its own and it scratches out. The I the am I crazy? And then it writes, "What do you remember?" And she looks over and she sees Mister Top Hat smiling at her. And then we cut and she wakes up and there's a knock at the door. And it turns out it was actually a, a knock at her window. Okay, because I'm dumb. Sorry. And Gavin just like jumped up to her roof. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <he laughs> Assuming she's in her room because it's already been established she lives on. Th- the second floor what does what do you remember mean before i answer that she she gets up and we look at that picture which is the same one from the dream and it still has the note of what do you remember on it okay here's what i think what do you remember means i think that that story that she told was her she already experienced being at the carnival of doom and everybody forgetting so she just kind of forget even even though that little girl wasn't that much younger than what she is right now. No. That's what I think it is. I think this whole thing, the her story of the Top Hat Carnival of Doom actually happened. Her telling the story and she was the little girl. She's seen the pile of scorpions and she just kind of like repressed the memory, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Because I mean, if everybody, you know, if you go to some extravagant event with your parents and stuff and everybody you know and you're like, this happened, right? And they're like, no. I mean, what are you supposed to do? 
If you keep talking about it, you're going to get into the fucking, you know, electroshock therapy. She probably should. There was a dad in her story, though. Where's her dad? That's a good question. That never probably... Well, maybe it'll get answered. And also, she was a different girl in her story, so maybe it doesn't matter. Yeah, and Laura Bertram was her mom. Like, if you came up with a story would you make Laura Bertram your mom... Yes. I'd be like, and Laura Bertram was there. (laughs) That's how all my stories start. And Laura Bertram was there. Rachel goes over and she opens up her window and Gavin asks if she's ready. And she takes a deep breath saying, sure. Gavin is all, you seem tense. And she tells him that she just had a nightmare. And he asks if it was Mr. Top Hat. She tells him the one and only. He lets her know everything's going to be all right and that they'll figure it out together. And Rachel tells her that he sounds like the parents in her story. And he kind of ignores that, saying, speaking of parents, you think your mom will give us a ride to the carnival? And she gives I'm him a look. fly and downstairs all, and ask her. And he's all, what? Your mom's really nice. Actually, she's the weirdest person I've ever met. And the kids laugh, and then they get teleported into mom's car, where they awkwardly try not to touch each other, until mom's inaudible screeching says, so, <laughs> you two are going to the carnival together. And Gavin... Gavin, what do your parents think that, about you dating at this age? And Rachel explains that they're just meet, they're just meeting friends, but then Mom goes on about how she remembers her first date, and it wasn't that long ago, but she was so nervous. And Rachel apologizes to Gavin, who tells her, Rachel, I had no idea you liked me like that. And she stares at him for a little too long, saying, I don't. No, I, sw- I swear we're, we're friends. That's it, just friends, that's it. And Gavin oh says that God. he knows... He was kidding, and they laugh. And then both kids kind of look out the window like they just fucked up. Because they did. Scene is terrible. Yeah. At least the mom was pretty good. Yeah, the mom saves every scene she's in. God, I I hate (laughs) Rachel and Gavin. Together, specifically. Apart, I just dislike them. But together, they're they're insufferable. Rachel's just such a fucking idiot every time she's talking to him. Like, maybe that's just, you know... It's bad writing is what it is, Teenage experience, and I forgot what it's like. But, man, shut up. She's just always, like, I I just... I don't don't like you. We're just friends. Oh, my God. I hate you. You're you're channeling your inner Jay Bear (laughs) show. We watch the car drive through the woods, and Mom yells, Looks like we're here. Love you, Rachel. <laughs> Rachel and Gavin get out of the car and immediately spot Akiko, and she's with another girl. They kind of ask her why, and she talks about how this is a documentary. Rachel's all, cool, you make movies? And Akiko tells her, no, I make films. This oh is my Josie, God, my cinematographer. Akiko so much. So they are in like a secret Midnight Society mission right now. And she's just like, and this is this girl that's not in the Midnight Society. Yeah, and here's this character that's introduced way too late to be important. Doesn't make any sense. Like, I, the only thing I could think is that they wanted to have every kid have to, like, be in a pair. But yeah. I just don't. Gavin tells her, I like documentaries. And Akiko raises an eyebrow saying that she likes cinema. And Gavin replies, oh I don't know what that means. Every word that comes out of her mouth is the worst. <laughs> we, we look over and up walks Louise and Graham. And Louise is saying, to be clear, we didn't come together. And Graham smiles saying, to be clear, I don't know why that matters. Akiko takes the stage saying, uh, look, I know we all agreed to come here together, but Josie and I are going to be doing our own thing. If this really is a super evil carnival and Mr. Toppet is kidnapping kids, it will be mega helpful to get video evidence of the whole thing. And we hear somebody yell, Akiko! And we look over and we see that her brother is asking what she's doing here. And Akiko tells him, uh, going to the carnival? And he pulls her aside saying that he got some weird tip today from some goofy kid pretending to be an adult. In Irish? Graham says it was clearly Scottish, even though he's a he's a bit away from them, so he wouldn't hear that. And we hear Kiko's bro say that the kid claimed that Adam's disappearance had something to do with the carnival, and it seems like nonsense at first, but he talked to Adam's mom, and she said Adam walks the same route every morning with his dog, and that route would have led him right here. So he thought he should look into it. Wouldn't that be one of the very first things that you do, is talk to the parent of the missing child and see what happened to him that day? You would think... But let's move on. No, we can't spend time with it. Okay. He asks her to to let him know if they find anything. And she goes back. She goes back over to stand next to her buddies. We had a new character, though. Uh, Iris. Iris Trong. I'm probably saying that name wrong. Sorry, Iris. Plays Josie. 
And she's been in a couple of things, mostly uh, playing unnamed girls. She was in an episode of Once Upon a Time, something called Imposter, which I thought was Imposter, which is why I put it on there, and an episode of Supergirl. But she's got a name in this one. She's moving on up. I think this was her first role that had a name. So, you get it, Iris. You do it, girl. Luis gets sassy, telling her, so, four of us are going on a detective mission, one of us is making a documentary. Akiko tells her slash expose, but sure. We cut to Graham's face as he says, ramblers, let's get rambling. I don't know what the actual fuck he said that for. Is it a pop culture reference that I don't know? I think so. We get this not-so-silver sight 3 shot of the Midnight Society walking side by side to the carnival in slow motion. Yeah. I grab a clip uh... of the music, but honestly, I don't want anybody to have to listen to it. <laughs> so bad. Having just watched Silver Sight, and that was like a cool moment, and that this one pretty shortly after. Ugh. Oof. Yep. Yeah. That's... The song sucked. The, yeah. the motion wasn't slow enough, and these characters are all very unlikable. So There's a bunch of pyrotechnics at the entrance of the carnival that light off a few times. As a bunch of kids slow motion run up to it. The gang passes by a sign saying no photography in the carnival, and Akiko kicks it over saying, please, I'm a rebel. Some girl from behind Louise and Gavin call out for Louise, so she ducks down, and Gavin asks her what she's doing. She pops back up saying that she can't be seen with Graham because it'll fuck up her social status that she's been working on for years. So Graham and Louise are going to end up together in the end, definitely. Yeah, for sure. I think that what's going to happen is she's going to realize that, like, who cares what people think? Like, life's too short. I gotta smooch Graham. Gavin tells her to relax, that she isn't Mr. D's anymore. Wait, what? Oh, whatever. It says Graham isn't that bad. We look. O- Am I wrong there? Like, what? I, I didn't hear what he said in the moment, so yeah, that sounds right. Whatever. Moving on. <laughs> we look over at Graham, who's freaking out because there's a clown with glasses on, just like in Rachel's story. He blabbers about how he's not going to have any eyes. They walk up to the same clown from the story, asking for their tickets. And the kids slam them down and stare at this dude, who asks, what? Gavin asks him to take off his glasses. He asks why, and Rachel tells him, just do it, please. So after a really long time, he flips them up, and the kids all jump back, because we look and see that this guy has eyes. The clown clown kind of shrugs, and the kids tell him, cool, thanks, and they all run away. And Rachel stays behind and pulls out a red piece of paper, saying, listen, have you seen this kid? And the clown asks, what kid? And Rachel looks down at the paper to see it's blank, and she pulls out more paper and they're all blank and it leaves some ink on her fingertips and then we cut to commercial and back from it graham slams down a tissue on her finger saying that's disgusting but first brandon we got that ticket clown dude he was actually in the first part of the episode but i didn't think he was going to come back for some reason or he wasn't important enough but he's played by robert mann who like iris played some nameless roles like bum and i zombie Peasant 1 in Once Upon a Time, and Prisoner and Kitchen and Alcatraz. Alright, cool. He does great in his few tiny scenes in this show. Yeah, he's not bad. Rachel asks if he always carries around the tissues, and he tells her to be prepared. That's the Boy Scout motto. You're not going to ask him if he's got tissues. He's a fucking germaphobe. Like, give me a break. She asks if he's prepared for the carnival, and he tells her absolutely not. And the kids start walking through the carnival, and we see some dude playing with a ball on fire and another clown walking around on stilts. Akiko tells her friend it's documentary time, and they run ahead. Graham is walking with Rachel, who says that he never knew organ music could be terrifying. Has he seen any horror movies? That's what I'm saying. What the fuck are you talking about? Then he says he's an aspiring composer, and she says that she'd love to hear sometime when over swoops Gavin and Louise. And Gavin asks what they're doing, I, I think. I don't know what she said. And Graham says that he should have stayed home and watched Hammer movies. Rachel wonders aloud if it's if it's the same carnival. And Louise says, well, at least there's no Mr. Top Hat yet. And then a voice over the loudspeaker tells everybody to enter the big tent. So Rachel takes a step and says the same words over the loudspeaker. Tonight's spooky festivities will begin right, right inside. inside. Everyone report directly to the big tent. The kids all kind of stare at her and then they look up at the tent. And Rachel swivels around saying that she's going to the big tent and wants to know who's going with her. They all nod and follow, and Graham's last, of course, and then they go into the tent. They take their seats, and Rachel is sitting next to Graham, followed by Louise and Gavin, and they look down at the front row and see Akiko filming on her phone. And she gives them a thumbs up, and the phone is the worst, it's in the worst hiding spot ever. It's like in a <laughs> box, but it's it's all like showing on the side. I don't know what the fuck they were thinking. I don't know. 
The light shuts off and a voice yells, Welcome to tonight's main event. It is my honor to introduce to you the master of ceremonies, the king of the carnival, and friend to no man. You may call him Mr. Top Hat. And while that spiel was going on, we hear Rachel chant, Please don't be him. And then the lights come on, and it is him. Whoa. <laughs> Rachel gives a scared look at Graham, and we see the whole crowd clapping and cheering. And we look over and see Akiko's brother. So we know he's there. And Graham stutters out, It's him. Amritja looks on stage and then looks at her friends, but they're gone. And the light shines on her for now, and then and the entire audience is missing. And Mr. Toppa says, oh, hello, Rachel. Welcome to the show. And he laughs a bunch. And Rachel slowly opens up her backpack for some reason. And she takes out the red pieces of paper and sees Why that did they she have open her, her face backpack? on it. I don't know. Her face is on the missing papers now. She yells, no. And she snaps back to reality. And she looks over and sees that her friends are back. And, and so is the crowd. And... I don't know why that happened. I don't, I don't. Because she's crazy. Mr. Top Hat calls out, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, my enemies, my children, my people. Tonight is a very special night. And when I say that tonight is a very special night, I mean it is a very special night indeed. Oh my God. Because tonight is opening night. <laughs> you came here for an experience. You came here to live your fullest life. You came here because the world outside is dull and dreary and safe. You are here because and someone screams, free admission, baby. <laughs> It's the best part of this episode. <laughs> it really is. It's so funny. The crowd all laughed except for the Midnight Society, and even Mr. Top Hat gives a little chuckles about that. And he says, yes, it didn't cost you money, but nothing in this world is free, and it may cost you everything else. That sounds like a thing. So now that I have your undivided attention, I'd like to ask you for a little bit more. I'd like to ask for your obedience, for your allegiance. And he points at Rachel saying, I'd like to ask you all to have the greatest time imaginable. Welcome to the Carnival of Doom. And so fire explodes and it spooks everybody. And Top Hat talks some more and saying, now, of course, you know, there will be thrills and chills. But remember, no matter how these things may seem, it's all part of the show. Rachel, by the way, says that duet style with him. So that was fucking annoying. Graham asks how they know if you're having a heart attack since he thinks that he's having a heart attack. Mr. Top Hat continues saying, among the rides and attractions is a very small golden coin that looks like, oh, and he checks around. He checks around his coat and then looks at his top hat and everyone laughs and he pulls out a coin saying that it looks like this. And it's the coin from Rachel's dream with a scorpion on it. Top hat tells him that the golden coin grants you admission to a secret part of the carnival. Will you be the lucky one to find it? Will you have the pass? I hope not. Yeah, I know, right? Why would you want that? Tells him good luck. It's all part of the show. The crowd cheers. A poof of smoke makes Top Hat disappear. And we look over and see Adam is standing there. And Rachel sees him. And then we cut to commercial. Back from commercial, Adam starts walking away. And Rachel gets up to go chase after him. Luis and Gavin ask where Rachel's going. And he get up to follow. Rachel busts through the crowd. And she pushes him apart and runs after Adam. And she stops and she scans the perimeter. And sees him walking away. So she chases after him some more. And she busts through some more people and she jumps on a podium to get a better look. And she looks all around and up on the Ferris wheel for some reason <laughs> until the Midnight Society catches up to her and she tells him that she saw Adam. And Gavin asks, where? Are you sure? She tells him that she doesn't know and that we get assaulted with images of carnival rides and her Mr. Top Hat drawing with a pencil rod wrote on itself and it's stupid. Louise helps her down from the podium as Rachel says that she thinks that she's losing her mind. And Louise stares mm-hmm. at in the distance saying... Maybe we're both losing our minds because I see him too. And she points and we see Adam standing there and he smiles and he walks away. Graham's all, that smile will haunt my dreams forever. Gavin asks where he went and they look at the entrance of the tunnel of love. And Rachel tells him that she thinks that he went into the tunnel of love. And Louise tells her, nah, he was going to the Ferris wheel. I'm sure of it. And we hear a voice tell us the park closes at 10 p.m. And Rachel shakes her head saying that they don't have much time. They've already been there for like two hours? That Like, what is this? You see, it takes one hour to get through the ticket line. And then another hour for that show where Mr. Top Hat just says, hey, enjoy the carnival. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway, hey, the, they decide to split into two groups of two. Uh, one's of going to the Ferris wheel. The other's going to the Tunnel of Love. Rachel and Gavin have to go to the Tunnel of Love. They do. Uh, Fucking Scooby-Doo bullshit. (laughs) Gavin immediately yells that he's going with Rachel. Luis gets pissed, saying that you want me to hang out with Graham alone in the public? Rachel suggests that they keep their eyes on the prize, and it hurries them along, and they gotta make sure they keep on uh, the lookout for that gold coin. Alright, Brandon and everybody, I'm gonna be frank here. My notes didn't save, so I'm kinda winging the rest of this episode. Um... 
<laughs> I'm really sorry. <laughs> Some technical difficulties. Brandon sent me his notes, but they're not exactly line by line, which is fine. We're just going to get through this, no. okay? My notes, a uh, little behind the scenes action, are like, monster jumps out, next scene, character in school, <laughs> next scene, character in bed. I, um, you know, I, I, I do my notes, I... I I spend a long time on them, and I'm really upset that they didn't save, but we're just going to get through this. Yeah, you know what? It it's going to be It okay. had to happen after 90-whatever episodes. This is our 93rd episode. <laughs> yeah. Not counting, you know, the wrap-ups, because I don't really do notes for those, but... All right, so at this point in the story, we got this... We have three different groups of two. We got Akiko with her buddy that they introduced in this episode for some reason. We have Graham and Louise, and then we have Rachel and Gavin. They're all in three separate areas of the carnival. So first we go with Akiko, and she's looking at the footage of Mr. Top Hat. And she questions Jody's like, talent at this, even though she invited her because she does the cinematography. Because yeah. She's worked with her before. Yeah, she. this is a trusted like cinematographer buddy of hers. And they look through the footage that she got of Mr. Top Hat giving his stupid long, apparently hour-long speech. <laughs> and he is not in any of the shots. And they very quickly accept that he's invisible. She's <laughs> <I love> <laughs> uh, like, where is he? He's not there. I guess he's invisible. <laughs> they do see Adam in that footage, though. She calls her brother to warn him, but uh, she gets... She gets freaked out because there's a bunch of clowns on stilts. Well, there, there's two clowns on stilts that are looking at her. Yeah. We cut over to Rachel and Gavin and the tunnel of love. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I was so upset when this came up because I knew I was just going to have to hear so much stuttering. Oh, man. I don't have time. I just don't no. have time in my life. No, you didn't because you didn't write anything down, <laughs> which is fine because like it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> It's a whole, it's just cuts of them being like, oh, so, like, do you like movies? Yeah, I like movies. Do you like movies? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry about what I said in the car. It's no biggie. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're chill. Totally. Yeah. It's so dumb. But this tunnel of love is like, so they're like going down on this little boat and up pops like a skeletal corpse at them. <laughs> yep. In the tunnel oh, of love. It's crazy. Gavin wants to know a little bit more about Rachel's, like, you know, she just came in here. She's in a new school, new new state or whatever. Asks her if she has a boyfriend at home. And Rachel stutters out, life is about choices. And I chose to, <laughs> I choose to not have a boyfriend. Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your favorite clown on stilts. Thank you so much for hanging out and having a laugh with us, whether this is your first episode or you've been with us through it all. Are you looking forward to the third part of Carnival of Doom? It's up and ready for you to listen now on Patreon at patreon.com slash private island. For as little as $1 a month, you'll get instant access to all of our early release episodes that come out the moment I'm finished editing. Higher tiers get more rewards, including all the good stuff I cut out and edit into our bloopers. We've got horror movie reviews, an exclusive improv episode, our true crime tale, and more. I'd like to thank our current patrons, the Bronze Beth, Eddie, Mia, Tristan, Kaylee, and Venice Witch, the Silver Goth Shane, Stephen, Matt, Jerilyn, and Brittany, the Golden Day Days Faith, Sarah, and Angela, and the Platinum Bostics, Bryce, Kathy, Evelyn, and Matt. Thank you so much, everyone. Our show wouldn't be the same without you. Give us a follow on Twitter at PRVT Island and Instagram at Private Island Presents and check out our custom-made content, including handmade gifts and videos, memes, and more. We've got new abridged episodes every Sunday, Meme Friday, and join us every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern to watch full-length episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark live. For a quick link to all of our socials, the updated merch store, and more, check out the link in our episode description. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for his work on the music for our show, aside from this theme, Dating Star from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. I hope you enjoy this more casual episode as I work through my self-inflicted technical difficulties, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye, you guys.
we cut over to Mr. Top Hat because we got a fourth group and it's just Mr. Top Hat and he's talking to himself in the mirror. It's the best group. <laughs> okay. Bartholomew enters the room because Akiko's brother is he got that he got the call from Akiko, so he wants to meet with the leader of the circus because like I mean when Akiko's like, Hey Adam's here, like come on. Yeah, go talk to the big wig. You know, you gotta be a cop. This is his job. So he goes in there and Bartholomew, you know, is like, Hey, this cop wants to talk to you. So he lets him in. And then um it's backs up out of this trailer and like a Akiko's brother starts screaming, and uh, is he getting the shit beat out of him? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know what was happening, but I was like, Jesus Christ. I don't either. Like, the camera backs up out of the trailer, and the lights, like, flash, and Akiko's brother's like, oh, oh, ah! Like, he's getting the shit beat out of him, which is maybe I that's what's happening. maybe he got killed, but then I thought, um, of course not. This is yeah. a Nickelodeon show. We're back now in the Tunnel of Love. And, um, you know, they're talking awkwardly again, and Rachel sees the golden coin in the water. And I like your note here of, why do they want it? <laughs> Which is a good question. It's a good question. Yes. What do they get from it specifically? I gotta say, this also was not part of her story at all. So when the golden coin came up, why weren't the kids like, wait, what's this, Rachel? You didn't mention anything about a golden coin in your story. What's Let's going on? say, hypothetically, this golden coin does just lead to like a secret part of the carnival where there's like even more fun rides yeah they're gonna like take it in redeem it and then be like adam ooh, as they're going down the roller coaster <laughs> i don't know man that's a good point it's <laughs> a good point but rachel tries to grab at it but she can't reach it because it's in water and they're on a boat yeah. Now we're with Louise and Graham. They're on a Ferris wheel, and Graham is freaked out because the power goes out. Which is, I mean, it's an understandable. I'd be pissed. I mean, I don't like to waste my time. If I got stuck on a Ferris wheel, like that's the worst. But yeah. And Graham is like expectedly very frightened because he's just frightened by everything. So like, right. I imagine the heights scare him, and then when the power goes out, and he's like, "I'm gonna be stuck here." So yeah, that's yeah, a little and, spooky. And Louise doesn't want to be next to Graham, even though she's right next to Graham. I have a question though, Brandon. Why did they go on the Ferris wheel? Like, I get that they're probably trying to get like an overview of the whole park or of the whole carnival, so they can find Adam. But like, if they were like, "Oh, Adam headed to the Ferris wheel. Let's go on the Ferris wheel." Exactly. You're stuck in the Ferris wheel. You can't like hop the to the next thing. seat. Same thing with the Tunnel of Love. Like, I imagine you're going in boats, and then there's boats ahead of you. <laughs> but like you can't like are you, you just gonna be in the boat like there he is yeah speed I up the boats i don't get it they're like automated you just have to sit there and go on the ride and then adam will get off and go somewhere else ah, it's so dumb but whatever the power goes out they're stuck in the ferris wheel they're on top who cares we got back over to gavin and rachel and something grabs rachel from the water it's pretty cool it's like this watery demon hand <laughs> yeah i mean i can't give it that because it's, it's not that but you know, and then we cut over with akiko and she starts getting chased by fucking clowns on stilts which i don't i have a problem with that brandon so these clowns are like laughing maniacally and they're chasing two little girls and nobody does anything about it it's nobody the in the crowd it's not the bleh, bleh. If I seen if I seen some some clowns on stills chasing after two teenage girls, I would do something about it. What would you do? I would get would in front say, of. Hey, would, stop it! If they were screaming and running away from them, I would probably knock them off their stilts because that is creepy as hell. It is creepy. I don't know if I would get. Would I get in trouble for assault though? There's tons of people around them, so like, what do they think these clowns are gonna do exactly? Right. Yeah. And also they're on stilts, so like they can kick you maybe <laughs> with a stilt, which I guess would hurt. That's what, that probably sucks. Although you can't put too much force behind it because then you'll fall backwards. That's a good point. So you might get tapped with a stick. We go back to the Ferris wheel and Graham notices that one of the screws, one of the nuts on the Ferris wheel keeping their like cage up is unscrewing itself. Which is pretty oh. it's pretty scary. It kind of reminds yeah. me of like the pictures of people on planes where the engine is on fire and shit. Yes. So most of the time I'm just like, 
you know, shut up when he's going on with his shaggy, like, oh, zoinks, this is scary. Yeah. But this actually would be <laughs> very terrifying. Yeah, I would be pissed. Like, I would get this mad like first. an elevator in free fall kind of thing, like, fuck. Yeah. No, I would be so mad. I'd be so mad if this was happening. Back with Rachel and Gavin, they are getting attacked by fucking water zombies, Brandon. <laughs> yeah. It's literal, like, movie quality. I mean... <laughs> I thought they looked good. They looked decent, but I mean, after Dead Man's Float, like, I'm spoiled. I know, me too. They're not quite Dead Man's Float, but they're a little bit better than Water Demons, I would say. They look like zombies. Yeah, I'd say they're better than Water Demons. I don't really know why they're in the On tunnel the tier of, of water-based ghouls. A very niche genre of zombie, but one of my But favorite. one we surprisingly have quite a few of on this show. <laughs> water zombies are spooky, dude. I do, I do like this. Like, Rachel's getting grabbed by the water zombies. and Because, so what happened was, is that Rachel couldn't reach the coin. So Gavin was going to, like, dangle her off the boat to get the coin, I think. <laughs> and then she got grabbed by a zombie. Oh. We spoiled that fabulous plan. Zombies, they do it. They ruin everything. And um, Gavin ends up getting grabbed by a zombie, too. So there's two zombies now. We cut over to Akiko. Her and Jody, uh, they run into a tent. And they're hiding behind some shit. And Kiko's like, we're going to be safe in here, I swear. And then there's this weird contortionist that is, like, bends and moves around them. And it's, I don't think she's creepy in the slightest, but. <laughs> no. <laughs> she says, boo. Yeah. And it she scares says, him. Boo. Very bored. We cut back over to Rachel and Gavin. And the zombies are still attacking them. And then we find out. <laughs> that My God. All animatronic zombies. <laughs> Jesus. Because they like short circuit or something. That is so dumb. <laughs> oh my god, what? This is a traveling carnival. Yes. It would be so much cheaper to just hire people to pop out of the water. Yeah. But no, they're fucking million dollar robots. Expensive animatronic robots. that Because they, did, they didn't just move to... around like animatronics do, like all animatronically. No. They, they grabbed like, them out of the boat. Yeah. Oh my god. Which would be a goddamn lawsuit liability. <laughs> Jesus. Whatever. So we cut over to Louise and Gav or Louise and Graham. They're in the Ferris wheel and the screws start to screw themselves back in. Like Crisis averted after like five seconds. Yeah, so they're fine. Like they couldn't do anything anyway, so it's not like we had to focus on them much, but you no, know, they're, they were they're, either gonna die or not. They all like laugh and stuff, like, oh, he's just all part of the show. Over with uh Akiko and Jody. The I didn't mention this, but there's two other clowns that are chasing them. One is this they're both kind of chunky, but one is like really short, and the other one's just like, you know, a fat, a fat old man <laughs> chasing yeah. them too. And they're unstilted. Yes, they are. They don't have stilts on, and they ran quite a bit slower than the ones with the stilts on. And somehow they catch up to these girls, and they demand that Akiko give up her phone because when she entered the carnival, she gave up all rights to like photography and stuff. Like, if she took a video, then she has to give up her right to her phone, which is not a thing. Jesus, um, <laughs> this place is just lawsuit heaven. Yeah, it is. I mean, ultimately, it doesn't matter. But so she ends up. OK, so they say this line in there that is one of the worst lines ever, which is like, I don't have the exact quote because it got deleted. But <laughs> She says, like, life without her phones is worse than death or something bullshit like that. I just seen like a boomer, like writing that line and being like, <laughs> got him. <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean like that's yes i do it's exactly what i envisioned <laughs> boomer just being like got him <laughs> i'm gonna make this teenager see this bullshit line <laughs> but moral of the story akiko gives him her phone because i don't know why i don't why didn't they just leave i don't know it doesn't matter i don't know i would not <sighs> give up my phone like, it's not my life, but I'm still not going to just give it to someone. Right, exactly. Even if I was a teenager, like, I'd be like, no, absolutely yeah. not. 
over with uh, Rachel and Gavin, um, they're getting out of the tunnel of love, and the people ahead of them are like, oh my god, did you see the part where the zombie came out of the water? It was so fake. And Rachel and Gavin are all like, I knew it was fake the whole time. <laughs> Jesus. God. I hate them. <laughs> so dumb. They all meet up together, and you know they're all talking about how it was just part of the show, and Rachel and Gavin are all like, we knew it was fake the whole time. Why? The other kids are like, man, I was so scared. I almost died on a Ferris wheel. I'm pretty sure yeah. Graham talks about that. But they still like have to hold on to this. Oh, we we knew it was fake. We we were never scared. <laughs> like, why? Who are you trying to impress? You would think that she was trying to impress Gavin, but Gavin was there with her. So, yep. Uh, it doesn't matter because Hideo shows up. You know, Akiko's brother. And he's got this, like, stuffed unicorn or something in his arm. And he's looking like he's having a good time. And Akiko runs up to him and she's like, hey, what'd you find out about Adam? Or something like that. And and he just acts like he has no idea what she's talking about. Because he's like, you called me about Adam, you know? And so apparently he didn't. He got the mind beaten up out of him. Like, somebody beat the memories out of him. Yeah, he was screaming out his memories. I gotta say, though, I thought that part was pretty cool, where he was just like, yeah, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm having a jolly old time not being a cop here right now. Yeah. It was good. It's it was good. creepy. It's decently it is. creepy. Memory loss is creepy stuff. I, yeah, I don't like it. So he walks away from him, and the carnival, uh, it's announced that the carnival is going to be closing in five minutes. And I was looking, like, it does this nice sweeping shot of everybody around the Midnight Society members. They hear that the carnival's closing in five minutes. Nobody is having any sense of urgency. Like, all of the workers are just still walking around doing their thing. You know, the people on stilts and stuff. Nobody cares that this place is closing in five minutes. (laughs) No. It was great. Rachel and and Gavin are alone now, and she is concerned because she heard Akiko talking all that shit, and Luis is being a bitch. And she asks... Are you guys going to cut me loose? And Gavin Gavin tells her no, that, you know, he used to be the new guy. And when one of the old Midnight Society members graduated, he gave him this. And he hands Rachel a pocket knife. Oh, okay. Why is this coming up all of a sudden? Shouldn't that, that have been something? Thing? Yeah, right? Like, shouldn't they have told us about this maybe, I don't know, an episode ago? So we had some sort of sentimental value attached to it or something? Well, it should have zoomed in and, like, included someone's name we recognized or something and maybe it will later on i don't know but it didn't earn any kind of emotional response from me like it's fine that's whatever but it could have been more i think i feel like that's a theme with this whole season is that there could have just been more there just better planned out but yeah but let's get the rest of this episode out of the way because we don't have too much more i believe gavin asks her if he can take her to school the next morning as well yeah we cut to the next morning rachel's like eating some cereal or whatever and the doorbell rings and she's like mom that's probably gonna be gavin's because he's gonna walk me to school today and mom says got a hot date you know she's being all mommy whatever (laughs) she's great she's pretty good But she opens up the door, and it's not Gavin, but it's Gavin's father, Theo. Oh, okay. Sure. Theo is there to tell them that Gavin is missing. Okay, that's his sole purpose for being there. Get the red paper. (laughs) Well, the way that he talks to this mom, like, she's flirting with him because he's, like, you know, super sexy or whatever. And um, I just have to, I just have to be, like. Dude, if my kid was missing and I went to the neighbor's house and I was like, have you seen my child? Please help me. And the mom was like, ooh, hot stuff. I'd be like, (laughs) ma'am, please. He could be dead. Show me your abs. (laughs) Because she's she's like, is there a Mrs. Gavin Theo or whatever? Or is there a Mrs. Theo? You know, and he's like, Yeah, she's dead like my son. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Thank you for asking. <laughs> it's just, it's just very awkward. <laughs> and, um, you know, th- they come to the conclusion that maybe Gavin just walked to school on his own and he's done that before. So like, whatever, you know, he's fine. And mom closes the door and she's like, well, that was weird or whatever. <laughs> and Rachel, <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Two kids in two days. And Rachel, um, she's like, she's disappointed because she's like, well, Gavin was, Gavin was supposed to walk me to school with me today. And she, and and mom's all like, well, you know what, Rachel? You live and you learn. Sometimes boys hate you. And that sucks. The end. <laughs> Gives her the, like, the worst pep talk. Instead of going to school, though, Rachel gets the realization that Mr. Top Hat took him. You know, she's just basically like, yeah, he's he got took. 
And Rachel's mom, she she's like, what What are you talking about, honey? She's like, well, we, you know, we went to that carnival and uh, Mr. Tophead there took him. And Rachel's mom asks, what carnival? And Rachel's all like, mom, the carnival that you drove us to. Rachel's mom tells them that she didn't drive them anywhere. And um, I love this what sequence. Talk about? I got to say, I really enjoy this sequence. She looks in her backpack and sees that the missing poster has changed to Gavin somehow. I don't know. And then she goes to school and she runs up to Louise first and asks her about the carnival. But Louise doesn't remember anything about it. And so she runs away and Louise calls after her like, hey, did you see Gavin today, by the way? Like, whatever. She runs up to Graham next and um, asks him if he remembers the Carnival of Doom. And he kind of looks at her for a second and then smiles and he's like, yeah, I remember that. It starred Bella Lugosi, 8 out of 10. And she's like, what the fuck, Graham? <laughs> he's like, look at my shirt. It says 8 out of 10 right on it. At this point, Rachel freaks the hell out. And I'm understandably. And she gets on her bike and she rides to where the carnival was. But it's all gone. And uh, she just... She says it's all part of the show like five times. It's all part of the show. It's all part of the show. It's all part of the show. We need to have an it's all part of the show counter on this these episodes. She says it's all part of the show a bunch of times. And then she sees a scorpion on the ground. And she stomps that shit. And she looks up and she's she gets angry. And she says, I'm going to end this. And that's the end of the episode. Gotta say, that ending sequence, I thought it was really good. I thought it was well done. It's intense. It very much leads into what should be an action-packed finale should be is the key word yes and because gavin's gone hopefully there's not a lot of awkward gavin and rachel dialogue yeah so in the next episode i feel like there's gonna be this big i love i love the part where they don't remember things i love that like i thought that was really well done great story element it's spooky it gives you the sense of dread perfect my problem is is that now that they don't remember what's going on, I feel like we're going to waste a bunch of time in the next episode of Rachel trying to explain what happened to Gavin. And they're mm-hmm. going to be like, bro, you're stupid. This didn't happen. I would have remembered it. And it's going to be like, oh my God. Like, yeah, 50 first dates. Yeah, exactly. Um, That's the part that's going to annoy me, I think. I am looking forward to the next part, though. I gotta say. I'm looking forward to being done with Carnival of Doom. And, uh... Yeah, hopefully, you know, I I just got to say, everybody, thank you for bearing with me. I'm so sorry that my notes got deleted. I hope that this was at least as entertaining. Some might say it's better that these notes are incredible. (laughs) This is more evocative of like our very first episode with uh, Tale of the Phantom Cab where I wasn't writing down line by line. So I hope it I hope it was enjoyable. I enjoyed myself doing it and I wasn't embarrassed. So that means I did a good job, right? That's how that works. Yeah, sure. Do you got anything more to say about this episode, Brandon? I've said enough about this episode already. You know, it sounds like we're being very harsh on these episodes. Yeah. And admittedly, we are kind of. But I have to reiterate again that I don't think these are bad episodes. They're all right. There's some missteps is what I think we're trying to say. There's definitely missteps. I'm not going to say these are uh, perfect or anything, but I think it sounds more harsh. Yeah. Than how I actually feel watching the episode. Yeah. yeah I really yeah. don't like the dialogue between Rachel and Gavin. I'm not invested in any of these characters and I downright hate a few of them. Right. But it is a really nice looking show. I just got to say the production quality on this is top notch. Yeah. Um, I will say I don't think we've seen any references to older episodes yet, though, have we? No. Which is, I, I mean, that's I don't it's not necessary. Showrunners but... here are really interested in that i think you're right i haven't even seen a zebo i swear i've seen zebo before but i don't see zebo now it would be so damn easy to just slap a zebo in some of these scenes <laughs> i agree with you brandon i don't hate this like it's entertaining um i'm i'm invested to see what's going to happen next especially with everybody forgetting everything i think that is a great plot device um the characters they do suck and that's just poor writing i think um, it's not their fault. The actors are doing pretty okay, I think. Yeah, they all seem pretty good. And and the sweeping shots and stuff that they got to fill in, you know, looking at the town and stuff are really nice. The carnival was cool. 
Um, looking at seeing what, like, you know, the people juggling the balls on fire, the guys on stilts were great. Like, there's a lot to enjoy in this, and it's not all bad. We're just, we're just being very critical on it, and that's fine, right? That's okay. Yeah. It's, fu- it's all part of our show, right? God. <laughs> I hate it. I do too. <laughs> I hated saying it, but it was fun, so whatever. <laughs> Oh, man, Brandon. Moral of the story? What do you think the moral of the story is going to be? This part of the story, I should say. Mm. Give up your phone, kids. Just give it to people. Even if Anyone it kills asks. you. Yep, just give it away. Your parents paid for it? Who cares? They'll they'll, they'll be fine. You just got to be like, I don't know, man. I just asked for it. I had to give it to them. They were going to kick me out of the free carnival. Oh, no. If you're getting attacked by zombies, nine times out of ten, they're going to just be animatronic. Just come on. Duh. <laughs> So just react accordingly. Yeah. Did you learn anything from this episode? I really didn't. <laughs> ah, you know what the big, the biggest moral of the story is, though, Brandon? Not going to lie. If you have a shit ton of stuff to print, use free ink. Okay? Go to your school and print off as much shit as you can. Don't be spending money on that. Use free. <laughs> no. It's not your problem. Especially Go to the library. If it's, you know, a missing, not even acquaintance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> somebody ate you ate lunch with once like that is not worth spending any money on no just do it for free they're not gonna yell at you it'll be fine that's it though brandon i think i am done with part two of the carnival of doom uh any predictions on what the next one's gonna be it's called by the way my least favorite of the three names destroy all top hats oh my god is that really the name that's really the name of part three yeah destroy all top hats okay um there's going to be top top hats, Mr. Top Hat. Uh, he's going to say it's all part of the show a few times, uh-huh. maybe a couple dozen. Yeah. And um, Gavin and Rachel are going to smooch. Here's what I think is going to happen, Brandon. Everybody's OK. It's going to be one of those mind control things where uh, it's going to be like in Meet the Robinsons where everybody's got top hats on their head and it's, their kids are going to get surrounded and they're going to say, we got to destroy all the top hats. We got to get the top hats before the top hats get us. <laughs> And then they start kicking everything, just like in Laser Maze. They're going to be like, Kyo, Kya, uh, Hop, Joel. And you see Graham do a flying roundhouse kick through the air. And oh uh, there's uppercuts and fatalities. And all at the end, okay, all the kids are like, whoosh, whoosh, and they are surrounded by just the corpses of all the top hat people. <laughs> and I destroyed it. They destroyed all the top hats. The end. Wow. That sounds great. I actually cannot wait to see that. That's probably what it's going to be, because they wouldn't name an episode Destroy All Top Hats, knowing full well that there's only one top hat, right? They would not name that, knowing that that's the stupidest goddamn name. All right. I'm glad we're in agreement here. And with that, Brandon, I'm fucking done. I've been up all night. I'm out of here. We will be back next week for the finale, where hopefully my notes don't get fucked up and I can just read all the lines and stuff, because while that was fun... It gave me anxiety. (laughs) (laughs) But if it does, it's going to be a short and sweet episode. (laughs) All right. Thanks again, guys. I hope it was entertaining, and I will talk to you next week. Bye, Brandon. Bye, everybody. Free admission, baby!